Hi, and welcome back to The Word. Today we have our resident pastor, Philip Chemel, sharing the word of God with us. And Paul says, it brings him good pleasure for God to make you look glorious, for God to make you look beautiful, for God to prosper you, for God to take away your iniquities and put upon you his righteousness. His message is titled, A Glorious Church, taken from the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 14. Hope you be blessed by this message. We give glory to God for yet another day in his presence. We want to thank God so much that we are alive today to see the wondrous things that he has done for us. Uh, that we, we, we have seen the very first Sunday of 2020. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is a great privilege. Amen. Amen. And want to thank everyone who has led the service thus far. We see God, we should bless you. Amen. The theme for this morning's um, sermon is a glorious church. Praise the Lord. A glorious church, which is just the first sentence of our theme for the year. A glorious church. So I will read again from uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 14. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 to 14. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Hallelujah. We praise God for the glorious grace he has poured onto us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. And forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness unto us. Along with all wisdom and understanding. Amen. Verse 9. God has now revealed to us, to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work according to his plan. Praise the Lord. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, will bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own. By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And he has purchased us to be his own people. The inheritance he promised that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we will praise and glorify him. Hallelujah. Amen. A glorious church. The theme for this year is a build up or is building up on what we dealt with last year, which is I will build my church. Praise the Lord. So in the year 2020, as a church universal, we are looking at a glorious church to possess the nations. So one we say that we are looking at exactly what Christ is building. Last year we said, he said, I will build my church. And this year we're saying that the church he's building is a glorious church. So the purpose of building the church is to build a glorious church. Hallelujah. The purpose of God building you is to make you glorious. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, if you look at the structure of any building, the architect and the 
the contractor, they work hand in hand to make sure that the plan the architect had on paper is what is being put up. Praise the Lord. So I want to, I want to make it clear to you that God has a plan for your life. Praise the Lord. God has a wonderful plan for your life. If you go to the book of Psalms, the 139 chapter, and from 16 going, the writer says certain interesting things there that I want you to permit me to say. He says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So what I'm trying to say is, God, who is the chief architect, had already put your future, your purpose on paper. Praise the Lord. He's already designed how your end is going to be. And that end is a glorious end. Praise the Lord. The design is so beautiful that the psalmist says, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. So his plan for your life is so wonderful, so precious that man cannot understand what God has in store for you. Praise God. And that plan is to make you holy and without fault. Praise the Lord. That plan was laid out even before the world, the foundation of the world was laid out. So before God would create anything, the plan for you was already written down. Praise God. That he has thought about you to present you as glorious, as holy, as someone who is without fault or wrinkle or blameless was already written down. So the redemption of God, of humanity, was already written down before he even said, let there be light. He had already thought of you. So I would say it was not an afterthought. That, oh, something happened, so God had to put plan B in place. This was the plan of God. Hallelujah. And Paul says, this is the plan. This is the plan. That at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. And this is God's purpose. That man will praise and glorify him. Praise the Lord. To make you glorious. So when I stand before God, because of his plan for my life, God wants to see one who is faultless. Because through the precious grace of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I have received the righteousness of God. So when I stand before God, he does not see my brokenness. He does not see my sin-stained clothing. He sees Christ clothing me in his righteousness. Because that is the plan he had for me. And he has paved the way for me to access that plan. Praise the Lord. A glorious church is what he's building. That is what he had in mind. And Paul says, it brings him good pleasure. For God to make you look glorious. For God to make you look beautiful. For God to prosper you. For God to take away your iniquities and put upon you his righteousness. Paul is saying, it gives God great pleasure for him to do that. His plan for you. So when he sits down and he thinks of me, he is all smiles because he knows what he is going to do with me. When he sits down and he thinks of me, he is so excited because he knows what he has written down concerning my life. That is going to be glorious. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be one that will bring his name into glory and praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Not long ago, just last month, our father was talking to us about we being the light of the world. And as, as the light of the world, we should let our light shine. And as I have been thinking through that message a lot, as you are the light of the world. But what I want you to say is that the light of the believer is nothing but the glory of God upon that believer. It's nothing but God's glory that has encompassed you. So God's plan is that he will overshadow you with his glory. That wherever you go, you shine bright for all to see. Because you see his glory. When Moses encountered God and his glory was a little bit of it was imputed unto him. Bible says when he came down the mountain, people could not look at his face because his face was so radiant. Praise the Lord. And he says, I want to make you that kind of radiant. I, I, I want to make you splendorous. I want to make you glorious. That is my plan for you. Praise God. To make you a glorious church. In Revelation 21, the writer says, Now the glory of God will become the illumination of the new Jerusalem. So there will not be any need for any light or a, 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 any moon or any star or any sun. God's glory alone will be so bright that they don't need any light. That is how he wants to make you. Praise God. So if we talk about advancing in 2020, we are advancing into God's glory. Praise the Lord. I'm not advancing anywhere, but I'm entering into God's glory. Where he's clothed me with his glory. Where his righteousness is all that I care about. Amen. Because his plan for me is to make me glorious. Praise God. And in the chapter 1 of Ephesians, Paul again says that this plan was not to leave us behind or to leave us in the world but to bring us into his family, to adopt us into his family. In verse 5 of Ephesians 1, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. And many people will say that this means some people have been chosen to be saved and some of us have been condemned already. That is not the essence of my, my message. But what I want to say to you that the plan of God was that he will make Christ the sacrifice through which man will receive that adoption. Praise the Lord. God will use Christ as the way through which mankind will come and be a part of his family. So as I stand here, as you sit here, I want you to know that you are part of God's family. You are part of God's family. Because you have believed in Christ Jesus. You've, you've placed your faith in him. Praise God. So you are now called a child of God. You are now called a believer. You are now the sons of God. Amen. Now Paul goes on further to say in verse 12. That the Jews who first believed and trusted in Christ. The purpose of God for them. Was that they would bring praise and glory to him. So the purpose of God for your life. Is for you to bring him praise. And glory. Hallelujah. So wherever you stand, wherever you go. So Matthew will say, let your light so shine that men will see and praise your father in heaven. That is the purpose of God for your life. That wherever you stand, God's glory will be so evident upon your life. That men have no choice but to praise his name. Because he's made you so glorious. He's made you so splendorous. He's made you so beautiful. He's made you so radiant. 
Amen. Not only that, he says, when you come into his family, he gives you his Holy Spirit as a guarantee to identify you as his child. Praise God. He said, and when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. So it is not about you declaring that I am a Christian. That makes you a Christian. Hello? Let her be. Don't get distracted by her activities. Praise God. It is not about you standing there with a megaphone screaming, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. That makes you a Christian. It's the spirit of God in the inside of you that is bearing fruit of repentance. That is bearing the fruit of the spirit for men to see that will say, indeed, you've been identified. You've been marked as a child of God. Praise the Lord. So the hope that we receive, it is not for you to just walk around, for you to be seen and known as a child of God. But with every plan and every purpose, there got to be a way to execute that plan. If, if the plan is not executed, it will remain a plan on paper. So many of us, beginning of the year, we make plans, we pen them down. But we don't have any way to execute those plans. So those plans, at the end of the day, are still on paper. But God, he has a plan and he has a way of executing that plan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So whatever plan God has concerning your life, in making you glorious, he himself will ensure that plan comes to pass. Because he's the executor of that plan. Amen. And the first thing that he did, as we read in chapter 5, verse 27, is that he gave himself. He gave himself. So to attain the plan of God for my life, God had to first give himself. Because there was no way I could attain that glorious status if Christ had not come. There was no way I could have access to the grace, that precious and glorious grace of God if Christ had not come. So the first plan of God was that let me pave a way. Let me make a way for them to come. Praise God. So whatever it is that God has in store for you, he has made a way for you to access that particular thing. Because he has given you Christ Jesus. So I like it when Paul says, if he freely gave us Christ, who is his son, with him, he will freely give us everything. If God did not withhold Christ from us, and he willingly, voluntarily gave him out, what else do you need that God will not give to you? He has made a way for you to assess the riches. That inheritance he has promised you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So to attain this glory, we are talking about one coming to the foot of the cross. Christ had to die so that you and I will purchase from the bondage of sin and death. Praise God. Christ has to die so that we will be redeemed from the filth so that God will wash us and make us glorious. See, if the church is to become glorious, then Christ has to be the center of the church. If my life is to be glorious, Christ has to be the center of my life. Not only that, I should be constantly plunging myself in the blood of Jesus. 
for the washing of my sins. Praise the Lord. Anything outside of Christ will leave you in the realm of works and not grace. If you leave Christ outside of what you do, you put Christ aside, it will be by your dint of your hard work and your hard work will not take you anywhere but it is the grace of God that will carry you to the end. Praise the Lord. Because his purpose is for you to be glorious. And the way of executing that plan, that purpose, is for you to have Christ. Hallelujah. See, God had to give for you and I to receive. God had to give. If God had not given, we would not have received anything. What did God give? Let's go to John 17, 22. This message will return shortly. You are encouraged to support this ministry in prayers and with your donations. If you would love to donate to this ministry, kindly go to tight.ly, that is T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y, and search for Pentecost International Worship Center here. And if you are in Canada, you can kindly send us an email transfer at piwcpeel at gmail.com. That is piwcpeel at gmail.com. Now let's get back to the word. John 17, 22. And this is what Bible says. I have given them the glory. This is Jesus speaking. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. So Christ had to give his glory. The glory he had that he put aside as Philippians talk about that he laid aside all the privileges even though he was God. He did not think it as wise to claim or to hold on to that Godship. He put it aside. He laid aside that glory. That glory that he gave up is what he has given unto you. Praise the Lord. He had to give his life so that you and I will retain life. That those of us who were dead in our sins will receive life. Hallelujah. He had to give up his riches so that those of us who are poor in spirit will receive a kingdom. He had to give. He had to give. So permit me to say that a glorious church is a church that gives. Because Christ had to give. Praise God. He gave, so we will receive. You and I cannot attain this glorious stature or status that God has promised us if we neglect the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is central to everything that we do. So as you walk in 2020, as you move ahead in 2020, let it be at the back of your mind. Let it be ingrained in your spirit that it is his cross that is taking me where I'm going. It is his cross that has brought me thus far. And that same power in that cross will take me to the very end. Praise the Lord. And if it is the cross, meaning Paul will say that as a believer, when I come to him, I am crucified with him. So Paul will say, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. So the believer has to bear in his body the marks of Christ. That is where you crucify the flesh. So as I walk in 2020, I know my flesh is crucified. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in the inside of me. Praise the Lord. 
So whatever I do, it got to come to the place where it is Christ who is directing my life. And I was telling one of us over the weekend that Galatians 2.20 has become part of my personal theme for the year. That it gives, I wanted to guide my life. When Paul says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is why I love it the most. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. So the grace that I have have received has to have a meaning in my life. The grace was with a purpose. The grace has to be with an effect. So Paul says that the grace of God upon my life was not without effect. The grace has to produce a result in my life. And that grace of God is a lifestyle that will bring God glory and honor. Praise the Lord. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in the inside of me. And I pray that in the year 2020, you you allow Christ to live in the inside of you. That the life that you live will be the life of Christ. No longer your life. Because your life was left in 2019. Praise God. We said we are breaking camp. So we broke that old life in 2019. We left that life. We moved away from that life. And we've come to a new phase of life. And that life is the life of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So break away from any pattern of behavior, lifestyle that you used to live. For his 2020, God is building a glorious church. And I am part of that church. And that church has to be a, a church full of life. A church full of holiness. A church full of righteousness. A church that is that people will see and give God all the glory. Praise the Lord. So I want to say to you, in the year 2020, let, a, let God's beauty be seen in you. For a glorious church is one that has been purchased. By the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Again, in Ephesians 5, 27, Paul the Apostle also lays down what I say is one of the ways God is going to make us glorious. That executing his plan. And the second one is the washing of the word. So, the first execution of the plan is giving of his son Jesus Christ to give us access to the throne room of God. To give us access to this wonderful riches he has for us. The second one is the washing of the word. Praise the Lord. He did this to present that I'm reading from Ephesians 5 27. He did this to present to her, to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Let me take it from the 26. 26 or 25. For husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, which we've spoken about already. 26. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, in the chapter 1, Paul says that the plan of God was for us to be holy and without fault. And so Christ came to die so that I would be holy. By his death, 
having attained Christ, having received him into my life, having accepted him as my Lord and personal savior, I attained his holiness, his righteousness, his clothed upon me. That is what Bible scholars will say, instant, oppositional sanctification. I am made holy. I am set apart from that day onwards. Praise God. But as I walk in this world, as I journey in this world, like Jesus will say to the people, to Peter, yes, you are already washed. Anyone who has been, who has taken a bath, there's not another bath, but you need just the washing of the feet. As I walk, as I walk, my feet gets dirty. And the word of God has to be that water that is washing my feet on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. You find that in John 15, 3. Praise God. And John 13, 10 talks about he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet. So I want to assure you today that you are clean. You are already clean. You don't need to be bathed again. But what you need is the word washing your feet. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I try to look at other versions of the Bible. And each of the versions that I looked at, I saw a particular tense moving through it all. Most of it that I looked at. And this tense is a present continuous tense. Some say it's washing. Others say it's cleansing. So it is not an instant thing that God does. That yes, I am cleansed. Yes, I am holy, but there is still a washing taking place. There is still a cleansing taking place. And that will only happen when the word of God is applied to my life. So a glorious church is a church where the truth of God's word is preached. Praise the Lord. A glorious church is the individual whose life is full of the word. A glorious is that person who set his mind and his heart to study God's word and apply that same word to his life because it is the word that will wash you. It is the word that will cleanse you. Nothing but the word. Praise the Lord. So if God is building a glorious church, then he is building a church that is based on sound biblical doctrine. Hallelujah. See, some of us are of this opinion that when I come to church on Sunday or at the beginning of the year and a word is given, that it should be enough for the month, the year, or the week. So some of us after today will not find our Bibles again until next Sunday. The mindset is what I have received is enough. Maybe you not verbalize it. Maybe you've not thought of it, but that is the thinking behind what you do. So after 31st night service, that they came to church with their Bible, when they put it down, it's another 31st night service. For others, when we come first Sunday like this to church, oh, first Sunday of the year, bam, I have come. When I pick that Bible, I come to church, I get home, I put it down. We will see it again till February 2nd when they come to church. But how can a human being live their lives like that? But what we don't realize is that when we do that, we're getting ourselves into a routine and a cycle that is not good for our soul. Because none of you here will tell me when I ate 31st night or the 1st of January, I will not eat again till the 1st of January 2021. 
Or when I eat today, I will not eat again till next Sunday. I don't know if you tell me that. Some of you, you eat breakfast, lunch, supper. And even when you're going to bed, you snack before you sleep. Some of us, if we don't take a bath, we will not go to bed. If we don't wash down, we will not. No matter how tired we are, we will ensure we've washed down before we sleep. How come when it comes to God's word, you want to treat it differently? If you're taking care of this body, that is clay, that will decay, and, 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 and you won't see it anymore. And when you are letting the soul that will live forever starve, I don't know what sort of life you are living as a believer. But may the Lord God have mercy on us. Because we cannot become glorious if the word is not washing us daily. Hallelujah. And I pray that this will be our attitude. See, as we journey through life, sometimes we get certain rough edges. And I have a lot of rough edges. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of rough edges. See, God has already made me holy. God has already made me perfect. But for me to attain that glory that he has in mind, there can still be some pruning. There can still be some sharpening, some, some, how do you call it, some preparing of the rough edges. You understand me? And that's the word, right? They got to be sanding without rough thinning. It's very rough. It's very coarse. When it touches your skin, it's very painful. And that is what the word of God does to the believer. Yes, you've come to Christ. Yes, he saved you. Yes, he's washed you. But there are still rough edges. That needs to be smoothened. There are still certain places of your life that needs to be cut off. And that cutting off will only come to pass when the word of God is applied to your life. So when you refuse to apply God's word to your life, when you refuse to dwell in God's word, when you refuse to accept God's word and live by God's word, what you are saying is, I want to be the same. I don't want to change. Praise God. But Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and powerful. <coughs> see, here we see that the word of God is not dead. The word of God is alive. That is, it is active and also yields resolve or produce an effect. So when the believer is constantly dwelling in the word of God, because the word is alive, it will produce an effect. Praise the Lord. And that effect is that you become glorious. You become more beautiful. You become more handsome. You become more relatable. Why? Because those rough edges have been checked. Not only is the word of God alive, it is powerful. And those of us who study this physics will understand that power is the ability to do work or the rate of doing work. Others say it's the rate of heat transfer. So when I saw this word powerful in the Bible, I started to find out the most powerful diesel engine in the world. And it is said that it is called, the first name I won't pronounce because it's too mouthful for me to pronounce. But it's an RT Flex 96C. They say it's too powerful to power a suburban town. Hmm? And when they put it in these um, cargo ships that journey on the oceans, and comparing that to other engines, it gets to its destination four days ahead of the regular ones. That is how powerful 
this engine is. But the word of God is more powerful than this powerful engine man has produced. That is the effect of God's word on the life of, of the believer. It has the power to bring that which is dead back to life. That is how powerful it is. So if there are things that are dead in your life, I pray that the word of God will bring them to life. Because it has the power to bring things to life. Praise the Lord. Not only that, he says it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. The word of God is sharper. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Our innermost thoughts. The word of God, that's how sharp it is. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. The book of 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. This is what the scripture says. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Hebrew says that the word is sharper than the sharpest to a sword can divide between the bone and marrow and reveal your innermost thoughts. Timothy is saying that it's able to let us realize that there is wrong in the inside of us. So there are certain things that you've been thinking for years now and perhaps you've come to understand or accept that it is okay to do that because that is what everybody in society do. So you think it is the norm. It is the way to do things. There are certain thoughts that you've been having in the inside of you. Nobody knows. For a long time now you think they are good thoughts. When you begin to study and read God's word, it brings you to the realization that what you are thinking, what you are doing is contrary to the word of God. And begins to change your thinking. It begins to expose those things that are hidden in your mind. Not only that, but when he brings them to light, the word of God teaches you to do what is right. Praise the Lord. So if you want to do what is right, find yourself in the word of God. If you want to do what is right, then base your understanding everything on the word of God. Praise the Lord. You and I have a lot of rough edges. If you take only God's word to smoothen those rough edges. Because he's building a glorious church. And that glorious church cannot be without, cannot have spots. The glorious church cannot have wrinkles. The glorious church cannot have blemishes. So as you apply the word, he takes away those spots. He smoothens those wrinkles. Any blemish in your life is taken care of. So that with unveiling faces, you are on a daily basis being transformed into the image of Christ. From one degree of glory to another. So yesterday when you saw me, I said, oh Phil, you look so handsome. Tomorrow, I got to look more handsomer than I looked yesterday. Because why? I'm applying the word of God to my life. And every day, I'm moving from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. I'm not a stagnant person person. The believer cannot be stagnant because the plan of God is to make you look glorious. Hallelujah. You got to move from one degree of glory to another. See, the effect of God's word is so, is so much that man, the mind of man cannot fathom. And I was looking through Psalm 119 
permit me to enumerate a few. Psalm 119 is a powerful passage in the Bible. And I, I, I beseech every young person in this church to read that, that, that chapter over and over and over and over and over again. Read it till you can recite it without blinking an eye. It's not, it, 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 it's, it's not difficult. It is a story is said that an actor, last name is Hopkins, when you give him a script, he reads the script a hundred times to the point that the script becomes part of him and he becomes part of the script. So when you read the word of God over and over and over again, it becomes a part of you. See, let me enumerate a few things the word of God does to the believer. The word makes you pure in verse 9 of Psalm 119. The word will lead you to Jesus. The word will prevent you from sinning, verse 11. The word is the richest of the believer, verse 14. The word opens the eyes of the believer, verse 17. The word will rebuke. Oh, praise the Lord. The word will do what? Will rebuke. So when you come to church and the word of God comes and is rebuking you, it is not the preacher who is insulting you. It is God who is rebuking you. Praise the Lord. Because the word of God rebukes. It corrects. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word of God gives good counsel. Verse 24. The word of God brings understanding. Verse 27. The word brings encouragement. So if you are down in spirit, if you are discouraged by the issues of life, find yourself in the word of God and you receive encouragement. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God keeps you from lying to yourself. Some of us, we've lied to ourselves the whole of 2019. You know how you lie to yourself? Oh, the gifts of God are irrevocable. So salvation is a gift. So God will not take it away from me. So I can indulge myself in whatever sin I want. Because God has given me the gift of salvation. And he won't take it away. And you keep lying to yourself. And you keep digging your own grave. And you are lying to yourself. Oh, I am okay. I will make it to heaven. Not all who call me Lord, Lord, Lord will enter into my kingdom. So stop lying to yourself. And find yourself in the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God will lead you to find happiness. It will turn your eyes from worthless things. Worthless things. You've been watching worthless things. Let me say it again. You've stayed at this place for far too long. You've been watching worthless things for far too long. Fix your eyes in the word of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, the word of God brings assurance of God's promises. These and many more are some of the effects of God's word. If this church, PRWCP, is going to be glorious, the truth of God's word has to be preached at all times. Not sometimes. At all times, the truth of the word has to be preached. So that the believer, the person who enters here, will receive that word into their spirit. That the word will be able to work on that individual. Praise God. If our life is going to be glorious, the truth of God's word has to be applied to our life and we have to dwell in the word on a daily basis. 
We cannot advance in 2020 if we don't have the word of God. Because the word of God is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Praise the Lord. So for us to advance in 2020, we need the word of God to show us the way. For he will lead us to greener pastures. Hallelujah. God has a plan for you and I. And that plan is to present us to himself as a glorious church. It is my prayer that you and I will allow him to achieve this goal, this purpose, this plan of our lives as we start the year 2020. God richly bless you. God richly bless you for joining us on Back to the Word. We hope this message has blessed you and has given you new tools as you enter into the new year. We greatly appreciate your presence and your giving to the growth of this ministry. If you do not have a home church, we invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 1180 Midway Boulevard, Unit 2, from 10 a.m. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week on Back to the Word.